In our bank, we are applying AI to grow newer areas of business, to tap customers' uh, markets, to streamline our operations, to build efficiencies, and uh, we are accelerating our digital transformation journey and automating our operations. Now, there are several areas where we are focusing on. Some of them are like payments, transaction screening systems, a lot of them, they involve customer touch points. So a huge ecosystem of processes where we have a lot of workflows and transactions. And uh, we feel machine learning is the go-to solution, you know, to make that change. Welcome to the Asian Banking and Finance Podcast, where industry leaders discuss emerging trends and business models, their upcoming projects, and how the banking industry is evolving. And now, here's your host, Paul Howell. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Asian Banking and Finance podcast series in partnership with SmartStream. My name is Paul Howell. I'm the managing editor for Asian Banking and Finance magazine. And for this episode, we'll be talking about artificial intelligence and machine learning, and specifically about how it's spearheading rapid change in data validation and reconciliations. Joining me today are three very accomplished leaders in this field. We have Robin Hassan, who's a senior product manager for reconciliations with SmartStream. Uh, he's coming to us from London. Robin, hi, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Paul. Uh, we also have Andy Berner, the chief innovation officer for SmartStream, joining us from Vienna in Austria. Uh, Andy, hi, how are you? I'm great, Paul. Hello. And also joining us from Standard Chartered, we have the its Executive Director and Head of Technology, Data Science, Automation, Data Analytics, and Artificial Intelligence and Machine Learning, all with Standard Chartered, that's Vikram Gupta. Vikram, thank you very much for being here and welcome to the podcast. I'm good, thanks, and uh, it's great to be here, Paul. Well, welcome everyone, and thank you all very much for taking part in today's discussion. A little bit of an introduction to the topic. It's, it comes with a demand for data and transaction lifecycle validation spanning higher and higher volumes in more complex areas. And with the increased use of artificial intelligence and machine learning, many financial institutions are now taking big strides in improving their operational efficiency and decision making in these spaces. Now, over the past few years, we've seen a significant increase in the use of data validation solutions in the region, not only as we have traditionally seen them put to use, but also as an accuracy check needed with the surge in digital payments processing. Though this was already a growing market, uh, recent events have accelerated the use of contactless payments to near unprecedented levels. Now, the dual challenge in all this uh, of these increased volumes and complexity mean event lifecycle validation tools need to evolve to take advantage of the AI and machine learning landscape as it stands. So let me put that first question to you, Vikram. What are the traditional data and transaction controls and checkpoints that are adopted by financial services firms? And what is driving this increased demand and dependency? Well, firstly, right, the world around us, it's, it's changing, right? And it's changing at a very rapid pace. And if you look at this change is driven by all technology around us, right? Our customer expectations are changing. There's a whole ecosystem of, uh, we call it digital innovators. They're all around us and we call it like big techs, fintechs, which are, you know, bringing new business models. And so our customer expectations are now like, 
They are looking for having 24 by 7 systems. They're looking for personalized services and all digital. So this is really driving the digital transformation across the industry. And as banking, we are really pushing the way we are managing our reference data systems, our sanction screening systems, our confirmation processes, settlements, balance in positions. So all the all these ecosystem where you know the data gets generated with a digital footprint, those are you know a very areas which uh, you know the banking is very much focused on. In addition, there are areas you know where we are putting up a lot of focus, which are around uh, single control frameworks to ensure we have right level of oversight and transparency. Lastly, innovation is going to drive the future of businesses and uh, and technology advancements such as AI, ML, they are going to be the key differentiator for businesses to succeed in future. Robin, let me bring you in as that head of reconciliations. Can you talk a bit about the most significant efficiencies that artificial intelligence can deliver to business processes and how do these translate to both cost and risk benefits? Yeah, uh, sure. So I think actually picking up from where Bitcram left off, if you want to understand where the, uh, the efficiencies and opportunities lie in today's world, you have to consider the challenges facing us, the increased volumes that Crown mentioned, the diversity of data. It's not traditional data only now, it's, it's a wider range. And including in that is more complexity. All of these challenges mean that the reconciliations tools themselves have had to evolve. And that's certainly uh, where we've invested heavily as a firm in, into AI and machine learning uh, technologies. So one of the, uh, before I get to the uh, the benefits, well, just worth mentioning that we've uh, SmartStream created a new uh, tool called Affinity, which is our latest AI observational learning capability. Um, the reason we've done that is it, it learns from uh, user interactions. It learns how to correlate, perform user interactions automatically and mimicking those uh, users uh, automatically. Um, so just by either a few clicks or by learning from existing historical process data, Affinity is really able to, to, to simulate that, that effect really very quickly. And that really reduces the time it would take to perform many of these new matching types, uh, whether it's complex or simple, uh, it can do all of that. So it can simulate the user activity, but what does that really mean? Well, it, it will certainly give you an improvement in accuracy. So users always make mistakes. So we're, that's one area we can uh, certainly improve. It removes key man dependency, which is really important where firms have particular business users who are very expert. Uh, we, can, we can learn how they perform their job to replace that, that skill set with, with artificial intelligence, which is enormously valuable. And it can also identify patterns that humans just can't easily spot. And because of that, it can manage volumes and it can manage complexity that otherwise would take quite a long time with a, with a manual task force. What that really leads us to is a potential reduction in, in headcount or reallocation of headcounts. So you can use your staff more effectively for more strategic or more risk managed, risk focused tasks. Because we would expect you to complete the core reconciliations quicker, you'll be able to manage breaks earlier and manage any kind of risk and exposure much earlier in the day. So that's a high level, that's where I see the benefits. Coming back to you, Vikram, um... Do you see any regulations or market changes that are pressuring these changes in technology strategy, whether that's at Standard Chartered or any of the other financial institutions that you can talk about? Sure, and, and, and that's very interesting, right? So if you look at as an industry, right, 
cloud is the biggest enabler today. I mean, if, if you look at across industries, banking, financial services, we are all calling it Shinkansen or, you know, bullet train for future success. For every businesses to succeed, I think cloud is going to be the real game changer in next couple of years. Cloud not only gives us a huge ecosystem of tools, which are very difficult to set up, uh, they are already available on the cloud, but it also gives us a way where we can scale up our, our infrastructure, our services in a very secure way with the increasing transaction volumes. So that's the, I would say the first, uh, you know, drift in the market, which is redefining the businesses to succeed. Secondly, with cloud coming in, data privacy and data residency are going to be on the forefront. As in specifically, especially in banking, we are ensuring that, you know, we secure the data for our customers. And more importantly, we win the trust of our customers that their data is safe with us. Lastly, operational efficiency and costs are always a driver. And there are, uh, and we are already embarked into digital transformation journey with uh, innovation and leveraging modern tools. What are the areas where Standard Chartered is seeing the biggest benefits from its point of view, from the adoption of its new technology? And how are these being powered by AI and uh, ML? Sure. So firstly, right, if you look at financial institutions, right, there are increasing you know, adoption of uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning technologies. And the reason being, the new, there are new business models being launched. There are newer systems, newer channels being there. And banks in particular, right, we are very much interested because we have big data everywhere. I mean, we're talking about millions of transactions, thousands of flows, and, uh, and it becomes a natural fit for AI and machine learning to drive future efficiencies and, and uh, increased uh, revenues. And our bank, we are applying AI to grow newer areas of business, to tap customers' uh, markets, to streamline our operations, to build efficiencies, and uh, we are accelerating our digital transformation journey and automating our operations. Now, there are several areas where we are focusing on. Some of them are like payments, transaction screening systems. A lot of them, they involve customer touch points. So a huge ecosystem of uh, processes where we have a lot of workflows and transactions. And uh, we feel machine learning is the go-to solution you know, to make that change. Andy, let me bring you into this conversation as well. SmartStream's Innovation Lab has been conducting pilots to fast-track and prove high-value AI business cases. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about what you're learning and what you're observing from some of these AI patterns? Certainly, Paul, yes. So in my role as the CIO of SmartStream, I lead the Innovation Lab. And the Innovation Lab of SmartStream is a facility in Vienna where we have uh, skilled and clever people that really want to improve today's financial services business. And our target really is to look at the highest value business cases out there. And to do so, we work together with uh, SmartStream's largest customers. And we typically create a team. So once we identify a, a good business case, we create a team where our customer provides the business know-how and the data scenarios. And we in SmartStream, we have the data scientists and we have mathematicians and technology experts. And we bring that in and, and you know, in our DNA is how do we build good products as a software vendor. So we bring those skills in and, and then we conduct the PUC. And what we have seen in those PUCs lately with 
specifically AI and machine learning. And I agree with uh, Vikram, that's, that's one of the main topics these days. Uh, we see that in reconciliation business, we can bring about 20% cost savings with that technology. And that's phenomenal because for many, many years, we tried to automate more. And now that technology comes in and we can really outperform what we have done so far. Um, and we are, we are working at the moment on about 12 different projects with different banks. Some are already in production stage, so they became products. And some are still being innovated and, and optimized. And they are in the areas of data enrichment where we try to increase the data quality on workflow automations, where we, where we try to improve exception management, which is a highly manual task. And we use AI and machine learning technology to auto-classify and auto-assign things. So our target really is to allow quicker processes better data enrichment and to help the financial services industry to improve their processes. Uh, Vikram, Andy mentioned a, sort of a large number of different types of programs and innovations, each utilizing AI and ML. How do you and Standard Chartered measure the success of, of those sorts of implementations? So it's very interesting that Andy mentioned about how innovation and uh, AI is uh, helping the processes and workflows to be optimized. With at Standard Chartered, you know, it starts with customer journeys. We start off, we are having very clear matrices around uh, if a process is implemented or if optimization is implemented, how it is helping our customer journeys, our clients, our internal employees, whether the journey is making a difference, whether our, we are able to relieve the pain points, uh, whether we are able to build operational efficiency, whether we are reducing the manual touch points uh, with the processes which were uh, there today, whether the journeys which we have implemented, whether we are able to bring some cost savings for our operations. Of course, analytics are the key differentiator for, uh, for doing better decision-making today. And lastly, whether we, are, whether we are able to scale up our operations capacity by, by managing more volumes with the same or reduced staff. And Andy, how long does it take to get an AI technology into production and, and how reliable is that technology once it comes off the line? How does enhance the user experience of an application so that users can oversee the workflows and the automation that they're leveraging off? Paul, that's a very interesting questions, a question because typically when you start off a project, you know what you want to achieve, then you run that project when you achieve your POC criteria, uh, that is nice, right? But it's not a product yet. Building a product really takes time. It has to work in many ways and it has to be stable. It has to be maintainable and so on. It's tough. It's the same as building a standard product. SmartStream has done that for many, many years. So we, we know how to build that. But what is interesting is that with AI and machine learning technology, new, new things come in. There's a complete new area, which is called MLOps, which looks at how do you maintain machine learning in production? What does it mean if AI technology learns something in production you don't want it to learn? Yeah? How do you work with things that should be stable? Because it's not just zeros and ones. We now have know-how that keeps on, on progressing. So there are a lot of things that we have learned over the years. 
And also one interesting thing is because you mentioned UX in applications, that has changed a lot how users do their job with machine learning technologies. Because so far with software, we had typically yes or no answers when it came to workflows. But now suddenly with machine learning technology, there's confidence. And what does really 72% confidence mean to a user, right? So it's really interesting to look at that from a completely different angle and say, what is very confident and what do you do with a very confident machine learning result? You can automate things that are 99% confident, but what do you do with the 72%? Do you suggest it to a user that the user has to confirm it or do you not show it at all? And how do you show confidence so that you make users aware that this is not a yes and no decision? So there are a lot of, of things that are changing at the moment. And I think it's, it's very interesting to see how users respond to that. And they see a lot of benefit, but they also see that they need a lot of confidence from the software and guidance from the software to allow that automation. Well, there's some really interesting points that have come out of that. You mentioned, for example, that one of the things that you have to do when you're developing new technology is understand how it learns and also be wary of it learning things that you don't want it to learn. I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about that and what are the risks associated with machine learning technology that learns things that it's not supposed to? Yeah, that's a very interesting topic many people specifically in the banking industry look at because we need to provide high quality to the users. It's it's very different than recognizing cat or dog pictures, right? (laughs) Um, So... Yes, and we do that. Uh, Robin can also talk a bit of how we do that in our product. So we incorporate that into our products that users are made aware that when the the rates go down of the AI process, that the user can choose not to put that into production, right? We make them aware of what is being learned. In general, AI machine learning technology is very robust. If people make mistakes, If you do things a thousand times and one time you do it wrong, it would not mind. It would uh, learn from the other thousand times. But maybe, Robin, you can talk a bit about how we do that in our solutions. Tell us also a bit about the adoption of AI and machine learning into smart stream solutions and how can these solutions solve these sorts of issues caused by low-quality data? Yeah, absolutely. The two kind of dovetail together perfectly. So... Where we get the uh, the AI and machine learning capabilities from Andy's team, what's really important is we can integrate them into the products as seamlessly as possible. So when the users are seeing the information that comes from that as a prediction, it feels very natural. And also as part of the, the, the workflow and the process flow, there's no interruption. So it continues through a standard cycle, but it makes use of these new capabilities, gets the enrichments, gets the predictions and, and the benefits of machine learning as part of the standard cycle. And that's really important. And to the point where Andy was just mentioning there about what do you do with a confidence that's a 70% versus a 90%? Well, let's see, uh, the way we are making use of the affinity predictions is that although the predictions are completely generated from the learnt behaviour of users through machine learning, we, we make use of that in a way that we can still enforce business certainty. We can still get the rule of the recommendations back into our standard matching capabilities and perform basic business tests in addition 
to uh, the prediction. So we can validate, further validate that we know for certain that the combination of data is exactly what we want, or we can categorize it in a particular way, even though the prediction was made without any of our involvement at all. Uh, and that would in involve you know, testing the confidence rating or maybe the combination of data or the products involved and, and so on. So you get the, the business certainty through static rules where you need to, to further validate the uh, predictions coming from AI and machine learning, which really does mean you're going to get very high quality predictions presented to the users uh, consistently. To your point on data quality, another machine learning service we, we offer is uh, the ability to learn and to predict data from, uh, from data that's been put into the system already. If you think of things like the broker codes and, and counterparty references, where occasionally you'll take on new data and you can't always identify them accurately. What we can do is to make use of a machine learning service to, to learn patterns that help you identify that this trade was involved a particular broker. And you can uh, have that predicted at the point of entry into the system. Because it can correctly identify that, that leads to two potential benefits. Firstly, it could give you an increase in matching rates. If that's a key data uh, matching attribute, it could help you there. But it also leads to improvements in things like MIS. So if you can identify um, the product or the instrument or the, the broker codes accurately at the point of load, all of your statistics and analysis that follow down the stream will always be better because you can chop and dice, uh, slice and dice your information way more accurately to the level you're really interested in. So, I mean, those, those are kind of two key areas, I think, in terms of the integration of the matching and the integration of data quality. I think we're really very excited by. Excellent. Thank you, Robin. The next question probably goes to both Standard Chartered and SmartStream. When using artificial intelligence and machine learning to replace existing manual operations, how do you ensure that regulators and internal audit controls will be satisfied? Uh, and what are the challenges in that space? Maybe Vikram, I'll get you to address that first, then we'll go back to Robin. Sure. So firstly, right, I think it was interesting to hear uh, from Andreas and Robin about how AI and machine learning are bringing uh, uh, efficiency in our business processes. So the way we see this is uh, as much as machine learning and AI is driving the change, it's very critical to understand like how are, how are these predictions made? Uh, what is confidence level? Uh, I mean, there are a lot of regulations coming up in the space wherein we need to make sure that we can able to play it back or demonstrate that our machine learning models are working fine. There are no biases in that and there are very, very structured guidelines around that. So having a very comprehensive audit log around that replayability, there would be, I think, some, some of the very critical elements to it. So responsible AI is a space, right, I would say, which is very much evolving. And uh, it's, a, it's a very great topic of discussion. But I think this is one of the areas which, uh, as banking, everyone is focusing a lot. And uh, we are investing heavily to build very future-proof uh, machine learning models. Robin, anything you would like to share from your perspective? Uh, yes, but it's, it's interesting that the, the point on regulations is, is really important. I think you, there are certain regulations in play. I expect many more to come through as, as AI and machine learning becomes more commonplace and to validate to any audit that data has been accurately matched according to expectation is something that's really important. It's also, for me, particularly critical or, or it's, it's essential to bed this product in that the business gain confidence very quickly 
And the best way to give the, the business confidence that the information is being correctly identified and matched or processed is by demonstrating to them and illustrating to them how this has been done. So yeah, as well as the confidence score, which although gives you an indication, isn't really enough for a, uh, a business to, to look at and just agree. They're not going to necessarily agree that 80% is good. They want to understand why it's 80%. So what we do with the matches that create, are created from uh, Affinity is to, on the screen, to highlight uh, those pieces of data that were involved in the, uh, in the prediction. So whether it's a partial reference or it was including amounts and currencies and dates or, uh, and so on and codes, it will show you each of the different patterns that were involved in each match. So you can highlight on the screen and as a business, you can very quickly and easily understand exactly why this prediction was made alongside the confidence. And that will very quickly give, give the user the benefit of the understanding of why. That information is always, of course, fully audited and logged. So if any further audit or a deeper dive needs to go into that later, that information will always be available. It does also lead, one further benefit is actually if the confidence score is 80% plus, what we can start to do is if the users consistently match those things every day, we see a pattern. So matches of this type above 80% every single day are being approved by the business. What we can just do is tweak a couple of things and we can turn that into automation because the, the explanations they've been looking at have been sufficient to give them the confidence that these are always good. And that takes it off from manual confirmation to a fully automatic, which is only possible by showing that level of detail on why the prediction was good. Excellent. Thank you, Robin. Some really insightful points there that show Automation, while it's so important, is so much more than just flicking a switch. All of the work that goes into the back end of that and the programming and machine learning parts are really such heavy investments and take a lot of time uh, and effort to get absolutely right so that your customers certainly experiencing the best possible outcomes. Um, Look, that is getting close to as much as we had time for today, but I do want to put one last question to both Andy and Vikram, and that's what are the biggest lessons that you and your clients can learn with the adoption of AI and machine learning into the data quality arena? Uh, Andy, I might ask you to answer that one first, and then we'll turn to Vikram for his final thoughts. Yeah, so I think one of the biggest lessons is that AI starts with a business problem, right? And we, we launched, the, launched the Innovation Lab three years ago because we see a big business problem out there. And AI is a solution to have better control uh, for the financial services industry to reduce the costs and to really gain more efficiency. So there is a problem statement. There is a user journey out there and we try to fulfill that. But it's really important that this is the main focus. A lesson that we have also learned in the last three years is it was quite hard three years ago to find those AI capabilities out there. Now, three years later, Azure, AWS, Google Cloud provides a lot of technology that we can use. So it's these days much easier to run QCs quickly uh, in a secure cloud environment where also the data is, is secure and get the results so that's another thing. And I think also what we all know in the industry is that AI experts are really hard to recruit. 
it's taking time to find good people and then it takes time to make them aware what is specifically needed for the banking and for the fintech space. So Vikram already mentioned regulations, which are a key driver in that space. And we all need high quality software out there uh, in, that, in that space. So these experts have to go through that journey to also understand our space. And one of the last lessons that we have seen in the last few months is when we come in, into uh, projects, there's a lot of discussion about how to build it custom-made or whether to, to take a product. And interesting is that, I mean, a tailor-made AI solution will give more efficiency typically, but it also is more expensive. And the question is always, is that needed? Is, is a workflow of a bank really so specific that everything needs to be tailor-made? And on the other hand, a product gives immediate benefits and software is maintained for many, many years. So that's an ongoing discussion always. And I find it very interesting to, to have that discussion and find out what are the benefits because customized uh, projects are typically really super expensive. And we as a vendor, we of course uh, prefer to have a product that is able to, to enable lots of banks. Uh, and, and use that technology. So these are lessons, the lessons we have learned so far. Vikram, what are your, your thoughts on that? So Andrew, I like what you said, right? Like any IT application, you know, AI solution begins with a business problem. I think it's very critical for us as well. I mean, some of the lessons which we have learned that includes uh, that before applying AI, understand whether that problem requires AI or not. I think that is one of the biggest lessons. Secondly, there are so many advancements in regulations around there and responsible AI is the biggest and I would say hottest space in the industry today. I think it's one of the critical factors, you know, for, uh, you know, successfully adopting the AI may have a, a good head start, but in order to make it successful and, and be uh, compliant with all the regulations around this, it's important that we, we handle AI responsibly. The other aspects, you know, which we have learned is the infrastructure with AI deep learning kicking in, we need a lot of infrastructure and surely cloud is an answer to that where all the infrastructure demands for, for AI ML can be easily addressed. The data quality comes last, but it is very important and having a right suite of technology and tools and the right governing process is going to be the biggest success factor for AI for in next coming years. Well, thank you very much, Vikram, for all of those insights and also Robin and Andy uh, for what has been a really insightful session in today's podcast. Our last point of order, though, is if listeners are looking for more advice to learn more about SmartStream, its products and its advice, where can they reach you? Robin, are you able to share some details with us? Well, I think one of the easiest ways would be through our website. We've got a very nice new website which has access to all of our latest features, functions, products, services, and we have links straight through to regional offices, marketing teams. I'm sure if any client wants to, to engage with me directly, they can contact me through LinkedIn. I'm happy to receive requests and information requests and uh, any further contact. Awesome. Well, thank you very much again to all of our guests, to Robin, to Andy and Vikram. That's it from today's Asian Banking and Finance podcast. We'll be back with more views, news and insights from Asia's banking industry very soon. My name again is Paul Howell and thank you very much for joining us.
Thank you for listening. Subscribe to our channel in Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcast. For more information, check out asianbankingandfinance.net.